Yeah. 
we'd like to welcome you to Emmanuel Pentecostal Church in Deer Lake, and we trust that as you listen to this service today that God will just minister to you where you are. You will sense God's peace and His presence, and we know that He's with us today. Here in Deer Lake, we're getting a little bit of snow, but we're still blessed and thank God for His many blessings on our lives. Since last Sunday, our numbers have increased, and we're praying and believing that numbers are going to continue to increase. We're going to be gathering back here in our sanctuary as a church family for a time of worship together. So as our worship team leads us, will you not worship there in your home? And we thank God for his blessings upon our lives today. God bless you, Jenna, as you lead us today. Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be coming to you through your TV screen or phone screen or however you're watching us this morning. And we've come, uh, this team, so grateful for all my musicians this morning and the sound people. And we've come together to just lead you in worship. And we pray that as we do, that you would enter in with us, that you would sing along or clap along or whatever it is you're going to do this morning. And just give God the glory that he's worthy of today and worship along with us as we sing.
wonderful to me. He's the counselor. He's Prince of Peace. He's the mighty God. Before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and pause and just welcome the Holy Spirit to be in our midst and to be in your midst at home, that we would experience him in a real way today. So God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together, even though it looks different than what we'd like today. We thank you because we can still experience you no matter where we are. So we pray that as we sing these songs together, and as we just worship you in our homes today, that your presence would fill our lives, fill our homes, and that we would experience you in a real, a powerful, and in a fresh way today. I know there are many watching today who need a fresh touch from you. And I thank you that that's available to us. All we have to do is ask. So we just pray you would have your way in this service. You would speak into lives and you would breathe fresh wind and fresh fire into our hearts today. We just want to honor you and glorify you with everything we do today. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm.
For that solid rock that I can stand on. He's a firm foundation. In the fiercest drought or the fiercest storm, he's still firm and secure. My anchor can stand and be solid in him. We're going to sing a hymn together. I'm sure it's familiar to most all of you who are watching, so feel free to sing along, to clap along, and to just give praise unto the name of Jesus. Praise to Him who reigns
to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed his body bound and drenched in tears. 
raise your hand right where you are as we sing that once more.
sure that many of you who are watching this morning have needs that weigh heavy upon your heart. And I'm happy to declare to you that God is so familiar with them. He's familiar with you. He knows exactly where you are today. He knows exactly what you're going through. He's familiar with your situation today. And he can meet you right where you are. I don't have any needs passed to me this morning, but I know there are many. And I know that I serve the God who conquered death, who is the lamb upon the throne, who forever will be the lamb upon the throne. So I don't go to a God who I don't think can meet my needs, but I go to one who I know 100% can. So we approach him with faith and confidence in what he's well able to do. So wherever you are today, just reach out to him as I pray and believe that he will meet your need wherever you are. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you know us inside and out, that you are completely familiar with everything about us. The Bible tells us even the very hairs on our head are numbered. And we're so thankful that you care so deeply for us. We read in scripture that you see even a sparrow that falls to the ground and that we're so much more valuable than any sparrow. So we thank you because we know that you're right there with us in whatever we face. So today I bring each person who is watching today, wherever they may be from their home, in their hospital room, maybe in isolation today. And I just ask that you would just fill that place with your presence and your power and they would sense you there in a real and a powerful way today. I pray for whatever their need may be that you would begin to meet that even in this moment. Whether they need healing, whether they need peace, whether they need a touch in their mind, in their body, in their spirit, whether it's their marriage that's in trouble or their finances, God, we know that you're the God who is able, well able, to meet every single need. So we place them before you today and we ask that you would do in those situations what only you are able to do. The way maker, the miracle worker, our promise keeper, that's who you are today and that's who we come to boldly today. We pray for those who may be feeling alone in this season, who may be struggling. We pray for the seniors who may be struggling with this recent lockdown, for the parents who are struggling today. We just pray that you would give them a sense of peace and that they would sense your spirit near to them, your strength empowering them to do what they need to do. We pray for your word as it would go forth in a couple of moments that it would speak to our hearts, that it would change us, challenge us, and transform us in a way that only you can. We just give the remainder of this service to you and we ask that you would move in hearts and lives and you would transform us for your glory and for your kingdom. We worship you and we praise you. Amen. We're going to sing one more song together this morning. And it says, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord. I know it's a familiar one and a favorite of many. It's one I love as well. So would you sing it along with us as we sing?
of the spirit's not a coconut. Fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a banana. The fruit of the spirit's not a banana. You want to be a banana? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. The fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. You want to be a watermelon. You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. The fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. If you want to be a lemon, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a cherry. The fruit of the spirit's not a cherry. If you want to be a cherry, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Okay, everybody knows that grapes come in bunches, so everybody get in big bunches. The fruit of the spirit's not a grape. The fruit of the spirit's not a grape. You want to be a grape. You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Our scripture reading today is taken from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes and we're reading from chapter 8 and I want to read verse 10 down to verse 14. I'd like to read these verses from two translations this morning as we look at this portion of scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, beginning to read at verse 10, and I'd like to read from the King James translation first. And, I saw, and, and so I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had done so. This is also vanity, because sentence against an evil work is not executed, executed speedily. Therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it will be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But if it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. This is vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men, unto whom it happened according to the work of the wicked again. There be wicked men to whom it happeneth. According to the work of the righteous, I say this is also vanity. 
I'd like to read from the NIV translation this morning, starting at verse 10. Then, too, I saw the wicked buried, those who used to come and go from the holy place and receive praises in the city where they did this. This, too, is meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and still lives a long time, I know that it will not go better with God-fearing men. It will go better, rather, with God-fearing men who are reverent before God. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. Righteous men who get what the wicked deserve, the wicked who get what the righteous deserve, this too, I say, is meaningless. Our text verse is verse 10, which says, And I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. and They were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. The title of our message this morning is, I saw the wicked buried. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're remembering little William Chalk today in prayer. Lorianne Sparks. Darlene Rumbolt, Monty Cooper, Aunt Margie Ball, Aunt Zelma McKay, and we're remembering Sam and Muriel McGuire. God knows where these people are, and they all need miracles. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. We now pray, Lord, for these individuals that are looking our way for prayer that you would minister now in their lives. You would perform the miraculous. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. This morning, I want to share a message entitled, And I Saw the Wicked Buried. Here in this portion of Scripture, King Solomon again begins to reflect upon life, upon death, and eternal life. And as King Solomon continues to investigate the value of wisdom, he comes face to face with the problem of evil in the world. A person, a problem that no thinking person can honestly avoid. It is unbelief, but that of faith. This morning as we look at this scripture, we know that we are living in a troubled world. And there are so many unanswered questions. If there is no God, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves for what is happening in the world. But therefore, because there is a God, many are blaming Him for all that is happening in our world. But let me remind you at the beginning of the message, man and woman has a choice, and they make their own choices. Solomon didn't deny the existence of God, nor did he deny the reality of evil, nor did he limit the power of God. Solomon solved the problem of evil by affirming these factors and seeing them in the proper perspective. We must not forget that one major source of evil in this world is fallen man or humanity that happened in the Garden of Eden and his many devices, both good and and evil that have helped create the problems of one kind or another. 
during the darkest days of World War II, somebody asked the question, why doesn't God stop the war? The wise person answered, said, because he didn't start it in the first place. Solomon must have agreed with that answer. Death often solves the perplexity of the distressed. The oppressors of mankind are made to yield to the restless stroke of fate, and they cease from their troubling. Here Solomon is reminding us of the certainty of death. Every man, small and great, will have to give an account of themselves to God. And many times we have the questions, why do the righteous suffer, and why are the unrighteous prospering? But we must remember there is coming a judgment where both the wicked and the righteous will receive their eternal reward. Many are living today as though they will never die. Many others are intending to be saved, but are waiting for a more convenient time. But we are short of the day. The scripture says, behold, today is the day of salvation. And secondly, it tells us it is appointed on a man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Prophet Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 12, he says this, but there will be those multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth, will awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. John the Revelator in John 20 had a vision of the end times, and he writes, and I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. In verse 10 here, Solomon reported on a funeral he had attended. The deceased who had frequented the temple and had received much praise from the people, but had not lived a godly life. Yet he was given a magnificent funeral with an eloquent eulogy, while the truly godly people of the city were ignored and were forgotten. As he reflects on this matter, Solomon realized the deceased man had continued in his sin because he thought he was getting away with it, as we see in verse 11. God is indeed long-suffering towards sinners and does not always judge sin immediately as we read in 2 Peter chapter 3. However, God's mercy must not be used as an excuse for man's rebellion. Let's look at what the preacher is saying this morning. Number one, he says they came to the place of the holy. In verse 10, Solomon says they came to the they had understood his mercy and his justice. They had heard the teachings of the priest and had practiced the festivals, the rituals, and the celebrations. These people knew all about the deliverance out of Egypt. They knew how God had saved the firstborn of the house of Israel. 
They knew the promised land that Abraham had been promised as an inheritance. They knew that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. They had come to the place of the holy. These men were not foreigners, strangers, aliens, or heathens. They were people who knew about the covenants of God and the commandments of God. And they came to the place of the holy. Here we see the difference in knowing and doing in a difference in doing. They knew the truth and the law. They saw God's manifest glory, but they remained unchanged. It's not what you know, but it's what you do with what you know. Knowledge without lifestyle is nothing more than dead works. That's why Jesus said in St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The scripture tells us very clearly about this very situation. Luke chapter 12 verse 48. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much, will be demanded. And to the one, the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Hebrews chapter 10, how much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated an old holy thing, the blood of the covenant that sacrificed him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. These scriptures clearly tell us that there is an obligation to respond to the gospel, whether in a negative or a positive way. These people came to the place of the holy. How many times will people hear the truth and reject the truth. You're listening to me this morning, and you're saying, Pastor, I know the truth, but I can't accept it now. Well, behold, now is an acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Oswald J. Smith, the founder of the People's Church in Toronto, known as a missionary pastor who spread the message of the gospel around our world, once said, no one deserves to hear the gospel twice until all have heard it once. Billy Graham said, if you have heard the gospel and rejected it, you're headed for trouble. They came to the place of the holy. These people came, they heard, and they saw. But just as they came, they left in the same manner. They came and left unchanged and untouched by the holiness of God. You're listening to me this morning. Are you staying in your condition or are you allowing the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform your life? The problem is man thinks he cannot do it on his own. But the problem has intensified as we have watched us place our trust in humanistic efforts, in a pluralistic society, in a man-made religiosity, in rules and regulations, and in legalism. And man has tried to find God. You come to the place of the holy. 
You come and you find the grace that is offered so freely. They knew the law. They knew the Torah. They knew Moses. They knew the miracles. But they just came and they came. They went, secondly, from the place of the holy. You see, Solomon, who is referred to by scholars as the preacher, concluded that the wicked will eventually be judged and the righteous will be rewarded. So it is better to fear the Lord and live a godly life. When we say fear the Lord, that doesn't mean that we're living in a state where we are afraid. Fear of the Lord means a godly respect and awe for the presence and the power and the majesty of Jesus Christ. Here they are. So what can we say today? It is no different today. People come and listen to our services online. They applaud the good music and singing. They like some of our preaching and they applaud it. But yet they are unchanged by the power of the gospel. These men in Solomon's day came to the place of the holy. They understood what was happening in the inner courts. They understood the blood covenant. But the Bible says they came and they went. I'm going to ask you today, how many times are you going to hear that Jesus loves you and he wants you to serve him? And how many times are you going to turn away and say not now, some other time? These men no doubt came. They heard, but they left. It's a sad thing when we're in the holy place and the holy doesn't make us holy. The scripture is filled with warnings. We are certain no matter how long or full the wicked man's life may seem to be, it is only prolonged like a shadow that has no substance. What good is a long life if it is only a shadow going into the blackness of darkness forever? Today we are told that we need a relationship with God. In Acts chapter 26, Verses 27 to 28, King Agrippa, believeth thou the prophets? I know you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. You almost persuade me to be a Christian. Jesus then, in Mark chapter 10, we read, then Jesus beholding him, talking to the young rich ruler, Beholding him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and have treasure in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says, And he went away sad and grieved, because he had great possessions. There are so many people that come to the place of the holy, they understand what the holy place means. They understand the word of God is true and pure. That Jesus is the only way to God. And that man needs to acknowledge Jesus. But because it's not a convenient time. Because there are baggage in their lives. Because they can't give up that which is number one in their life. They are like King Agrippa and say, you almost persuade me. Are they like the young rich ruler? who says, I can't give up what is number one in my life to put Jesus first, and they are grieved, and they go away sad. 
It is a sad day for any life when they come and recognize they are in the presence of deity, Jesus Christ, and in the holy place, but then turn away. Pastor, we don't believe we have to repent. Well, John chapter 6, verse 27, don't be concerned, Jesus said, about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father hath given me the seal of approval. Acts chapter 3 verse 19, it says, Repent and turn to God. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Acts chapter 17 verse 30, the apostle says, And in times of ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Acts chapter 16 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Then in 1 John chapter 2, we read, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For anything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You're sitting and listening to this service right now in your home, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week. You say, Pastor, I'm like these people. I have come to the place of the holy. I know what God's Word says. I know Jesus is my Savior. I know that's the only way to live in this hour is to serve Him and to love Him and have a relationship with Him as a growing disciple of Jesus Christ. But I hear it. I believe it, but I leave and I go back and live like I've always lived. These men came to the place of the holy and they went from the place of the holy. You see, as people leave the holy, we must remember that God's Spirit will not always strive with man. And there will come a day when we will say, when we will say no for the last time, and that it will be judgment. We need to heed the warning today as we come to the place of the holy and leave from the place of the holy. Thirdly, this morning and lastly, they were forgotten in the place of the holy. These people had come and gone, continuing their lifestyle in their own sinful pleasures. They saw no divine vengeance visiting them for their awful rejection. How would it be a sad commentary from God the Creator when He said, Depart from me, I never knew you. I saw the wicked buried, Solomon says, carried in afflicting humiliation and impotence to the house, appointed to all the living they had sought after, expected perpetual fame, but man had no pleasure in remembering them when out of sight, they were out of mind. Their name and their memory would decay with their bodies in the dust of the earth. It has often happened that when the grave is closed upon great oppressors, that men have hasted to abolish their laws and to sweep away all traces of their pride. Even in our own country of Canada, we have seen the removal of statues trying to erase the history 
A man who may not have made the greatest decisions in life, forgotten in the very place of which they served. These men came to the place of the holy. They went from the place of the holy, and now they are being forgotten and are returning to the dust of the earth. Now let me remind you today, there is one thing that's sure that will remain constant in a world of turmoil. We are all confused in this hour. We are all frustrated in this hour. COVID-19 has taken over our world. We are living in a state that we thought we would never live in. And men and women are running to and fro, not knowing what to do. We can't even listen to our news. It is so discouraging. It is bringing depression, despondency upon the minds of people and even God's people. But I want to remind you that while leaders will come and go, governments will come and governments will go, there is one who will remain forever, and his name is Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2 says, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let us face the facts today. When the dead are gone, the main question will be asked, did they have a relationship with Jesus Christ? What will your headstone say? The greatest thing you can leave your family is a godly heritage of one that walked with God. It is a sad thing to be forgotten but a deadly experience to be forgotten by God. One preacher said this, and I've said it in my preaching. If you meet me and forget me, you've lost nothing. But if you meet Jesus and forget him, you have lost everything. The scripture is filled with grace and mercy, but it is all about a personal relationship with God. Jesus reminds us of this throughout the Gospels. Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. In your name we did many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Matthew 25, Jesus goes on to say, And they cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 46 of that same scripture, And these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, we see the story of him who cried from the caverns of the dam and say, send somebody to warn my brethren lest they come to this place. You see, you may have a burial of a dog, but be attended to by the angels of God. You may have an elaborate funeral, but at the same time be a miserable soul. Today we are coming to the place of the holy and we are leaving the place of the holy. But are we going to be forgotten? Will our names be inscribed in the book of Revelation that I read to you at the beginning of the message? What about you? Turning to the Ecclesiastes. Solomon then in his last words in chapter 12, he says, remember him, remember him as God. 
before your silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before this pitcher is scattered at spring or the wheel broken at the well. The dust will return to the ground from which it came and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. And his last words of this book, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it be good or evil. As we bring it to a close this morning, he says, I saw the wicked buried. They came to the place of the holy. They went from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the place of the holy. What about you today? What are you going to do about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Pastor, are you preaching religion? I'm not preaching religion because I'm not religious. I only have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor, you're preaching Pentecostal. No, I'm not. I'm not no more Pentecostal than you are. I only attend a church that's called Pentecostal. I'm firstly a disciple of Jesus Christ, blood-bought, heaven-sent, and it has been changed in my life. I only attend a Pentecostal church. This is not Pentecostal that I'm preaching to you today. But pastor, it sounds awful, condemning and religious. The fact of the matter is today, there is only one hope for this world. I'm telling you, hear me again, there's only one hope. Science is failing us. Medical fields are failing us. Governments are failing us. And the question is asked, what is stable? What remains? What is firm? What will remain forever? And I've got one thing for you, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Solomon attended the funeral of this person that he knew. As the remains were lowered in the ground, Solomon realized the fate of the wicked and that they would be forgotten by God. Answers his question, why are wicked people prospering and righteous people suffering? Well, he was like the man in Psalm 73, Asma, who saw the end of the wicked and said, when I entered the sanctuary of my God, it was then that I knew there's no room in people's hearts today for God. We have crowded our hearts with things that will not matter. But I ask you today from my heart to your heart, have you accepted Jesus? Pastor, that's an old-fashioned message. Yes, and I know that before this day is out, I will be scrutinized and criticized by fellow Pentecostal pastors for still preaching this. But hear me right now. I'm going to tell you there's only one way to God. It is through Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. How do I know? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way to God, and it is through Jesus Christ our Lord. As this man's remains were lowered in the ground. Solomon repeats the words of verse 13, but it shall not be well with the wicked, but it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as the shadow, because he feareth not before God. Let me read Romans. I read to you Philippians. Let me read to you from Romans. Paul said, It is written, As I live, saith God, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, so that every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. You see, it's up to you today. Mark chapter 9, 
Jesus said, if your hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than two hands into hell where there is a fire that cannot be quenched and the worm dieth not. Today is the hour as Jenna begins to play an invitation song today. I want to tell you that you can live in peace in this troubled world because you see, my citizenship is in heaven. And while the world, it seems, is in total turmoil, I knew this was coming because I've read the book and the Bible tells us what will happen. Men's hearts will fail them for fear. The Bible tells us Jesus himself says everything that can and will be shaken. There will be a change in every area of our lives. And the earth itself is groaning for renewal as I preach on this platform today. And I'm going to tell you, your answer isn't found in what the world is offering. Your answer is found in Jesus. You've come to the place of the holy this morning. You've come to the place where Jesus offers love, forgiveness, grace, mercy. He wants to not only be your father, but he wants to be your friend. So you've come to the place of the holy. Don't leave the place of the holy this morning. Don't leave the place of the holy this morning, but come to Jesus. Pastor, what have I got to do? Have I got to join your church? No. If you do, we'll take you. Pastor, have I got to pay tithes? In order to have a relationship with Jesus, no, but we'll take your tithes if you want to give them. Pastor, do I have to receive the Holy Communion once or 15 times in order to have a relationship with Jesus? No, but we will offer you the Lord's Supper. Pastor, do I have to go in the baptistry and be baptized in order to have a relationship with Jesus? No, but we will baptize you in water. It is important. Some of you are saying, well, I... Live a good life. I commend you for that. Pastor, I'm good to my neighbor. I commend you for that. Pastor, I give to the poor. I commend you for that. Pastor, I've been baptized. Good for you. Pastor, I've received the Lord's Supper. Good for you. But hear me, as, as while all of these things in of itself are good, the message is, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you invited him into your life? Has there been a transformation of grace in your heart? Once that happens, your whole life, your whole circumstance are going to turn around. So it doesn't come through religion, religiosity. doesn't come through programs and platforms. doesn't come through manuals or signing of names to church registers or rosters. It comes by saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and your life will be transformed. Would you like to pray with me right there in your home? I notice some of you have already, throughout this service, have said you need Jesus. Some of you have messaged and said, we need you to pray for us. We need Jesus. But right there in your home, you need him. You've come to the place of the holy. Please don't leave the place of the holy this morning until you've come to know Jesus. And when the time comes, you won't be forgotten. 
but your name will be inscribed in the book talked about in Daniel, talked about in Revelation, where the names of all those that have accepted Christ are inscribed. Would you like to accept him, dear Heavenly Father? Come into my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I acknowledge you as my Savior, one risen from the dead, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. Jenna's going to lead us in an invitation because I know God is dealing with hearts right now as you're listening to this service. She's going to lead us, and I want you to turn to the Lord and find the peace that only God can give. Let's sing together.
thank God for His presence. We have felt in this service this morning, and it is my prayer that as you've listened in your home, that God has touched your heart, and I believe there are those who recognize that they need to stop coming and going from the place of the holy. The voice of the Spirit is speaking into your heart now. You need to come. You need to surrender completely to Jesus Christ. God is with you and we're going to continue to pray for you. I want to thank our wonderful team today that have come. I know you've been looking at their pretty faces all morning and we thank God for them. In a moment, Brother Scott Gould, one of our musicians, is going to pray. We're going to ask God's blessing upon us and upon those that have listened to this service. And if you need spiritual help, you can contact us through our Facebook page, through our phone numbers that will be there. You can call the church office and whatever we can do to help you. Your spiritual journey we will do it. Oh, can we sing it once more as the Spirit may be speaking to some soul that's listening. Let's sing it and then Brother Scott will lead us in prayer. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your race this morning, Father. Thank you for the worship, Lord, that's gone forth. I thank you, Father, for our pastor this morning as he shared his heart, Lord. The message that's gone forth, Father, the lives that have touched, I thank you. And, Father, I pray that the message would penetrate, Lord. The message of your word, Father, message of salvation, your mercy, your grace, will penetrate hearts today, Father, as the pastor has poured out his heart. I thank you for... Father, directing us, Father, for guiding us in this pandemic uh, time, Lord. Lead us, guide us, direct us, Father, and I pray that the message, Lord, that has been spoken, again, would penetrate. We thank you, we give you praise, and we give you honor, and we give you glory this morning. Father, you alone are worthy, and you alone are worthy to be praised and worship today. We give you thanks and praise. In your name we pray this, Father, this morning. Amen.
just in. 